it, how long have we been doing this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 188, second week of February 2019. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, there's so much to talk about this week. Yeah, you know, sometimes we say that and we got like four things to talk about. No, we got a lot to talk about this week. And and in fact, so much we can't talk about. Indeed. We skipped a week last week and as a result, the number of topics to cover this week doubled. <laughs> Whatever we discuss this week, nothing will be uh, morally more important than uh, you beefing with Corey Graves on Twitter. <laughs> I'd like to start there, if that's okay. Uh, All right. Corey went on a drunken rampage, allegedly, uh, on Twitter on Sunday night, or as he called it, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got caught in the crossfire. Um, you want to walk through what happened so Corey was attempting to clap back as the kids say at somebody who had insulted him which hey that's his right twitter's a public forum somebody insults you you're allowed to insult them back and in doing so he made a crack about uh food stamps and people started getting on him about that because the way he phrased it was kind of a jerk thing and you know, a lot of people are out there struggling in the real world, and people are saying, hey, man, that's kind of insensitive. Maybe you could have picked a different insult to levy against this guy. Um, and he instead decided to double and triple and quadruple down on it. And then his big defense was, well, hey, this guy came at me, and I was just defending myself. Why are people getting mad? Which is when I tweeted him and said, hey, man, do you think maybe it's because the particular insult that you used wasn't just directed at the one guy and could instead be construed as you implying that people that are on food stamps are too lazy to get a real job or work themselves out of poverty. And so he tweeted back at me and uh, said, uh, I was just talking to the one guy and if Twitter, he put Twitter in quotation marks for some reason. Um, (laughs) If Twitter gets offended, so be it. So, uh, you know, very, very important, serious man that we're dealing with here. (laughs) Um, And so uh, the mentions on the uh, TWL account have been just trash for days now because of that. So thanks for that, Corey. But uh, following that, he again doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on it. And it ended with him telling someone, well, nobody helped me when I was poor. So why should I have to turn around and like want to help other people now? So yeah, that's that's a terrible way to look at life. That's a terrible way to live anyway. But uh, because in the long run, I think it's a good thing that this happened the way it happened because 
now we know who Corey Graves is, right? We know who he is, and we don't really need to pay him any mind anymore. We know exactly who he is. We know his worldviews. Also, during that tour diatribe, he uh, defended Bill DeMott. And <laughs> what else did he do? Um, oh, he went on a weird rampage against David Bixenspan for no reason. Yes. And uh, and I think there's at least one or two other dumb things he said or did during that time. But He, he nonsensically referenced a suicide attempt that he made at one point in his life. Correct. Just so... Real, real unstable. Correct. And look, I don't wish him, you know, the last tweet I sent to him directly said, look, I'm sorry that you can't understand that why what you said would be offensive or hurtful to people that are struggling. But hey, like, I'm glad Corey Graves isn't poor anymore. Like, I'm glad that he worked hard. But that worldview of, oh, I got here on hard work, so anybody that doesn't work hard uh, or anybody that doesn't uh, get off of government assistance, they just they just don't want to work hard enough. I think is just incredibly insensitive and incredibly stupid, and also uh, incredibly invaluable way of thinking if you are a large corporation or a career politician. And so, while it's very disappointing and sad that someone with a you know fairly large public platform would believe that and espouse those beliefs. Now at least we know exactly where we stand with Corey Graves. We don't need to have to guess who that guy is. We don't need to talk in code about it anymore. He's not a good person, and he's clearly got some issues. And God bless him. Hope he works through them. Hope he has a wonderful, long, successful career. But I just also wish that he was, you know, less of a jerk. I don't know. Like, I don't... I don't have a great poetic way to end this, but I just think it's he's got some really bad, harmful beliefs, and he was espousing <laughs> them, and me and a lot of other people on Twitter uh, talked to him about it, and he uh, instead decided to embody the legendary drill tweet and said, go ahead, keep sh- telling me to shut up. It only makes my opinions worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I'm still able to separate graves as a performer from graves the human being which generally i'm not able to do i tend to think think of things very black and white yeah and like i still think he's pretty good at at his television job obviously he has a lot of bad weeks (laughs) as most people in that position do but i'm still entertained by the guy on television like i thought he was really bad on smackdown this week but uh overall i i think there's a lot that he does very well and I'm still able to separate the performer from the guy. But yeah, he uh, defended Bill DeMott. He um, <laughs> he nonsensically attacked a journalist and tried to get him fired. And uh, Jonathan Coachman joined in there. <laughs> Just if there was any doubt about what kind of guy Jonathan Coachman is. So if you ever had any doubt about whose side you should be on, TJ Perkins and Jonathan Coachman were liking all of Corey's tweets. <laughs> So if you want to be on the side of TJP, men's rights activist TJP, and Jonathan Coachman, you go right ahead. But uh, I'm going to sit firmly on the other side of that fence. Yeah. Well, I don't really have a, you know, obviously this happened to you and not to me. But I guess the only thing I would do, I would 
try to put a bow on this with is generally the people in life that I know that are the most successful are also the most generous people I know. <laughs> and yeah. there's this kind of a worldview there that um, I think is valuable and a lot more valuable than the, you know, I was watching Shark Tank last week and Mark Cuban mm. was, <laughs> was praising this person that came in and pitched him uh, on an idea because they, uh, and their husband had managed to live on almost nothing and graduated college uh, debt-free, mainly because they got college scholarships, which is great. But Cuban was like, hey, that's a lesson for all the viewers out there. You know, you can, you can get by on nothing for a while and get out of, you know, don't go into debt and all this stuff. And it's like, well, that's great to say, Mark, but I bet college is a little bit different than it was when you graduated 37 years ago or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. The, the, the price of the price of, of everything is not uh, rising commensurate with, with earnings. And there's, it's not as simple as just put your head down, work hard. And you know, you need, you need some, some natural talent, which grades obviously have for the wrestling business. Sure. And, and you need some breaks too. So yeah, that's and that was also part of it was that he went on this about I got where I am through hard work. Nobody helped me. It's like, well, clearly people helped you because somebody hired you when you got to WWE. They saw something in you. They put you on NXT television. When you got hurt, they still saw enough in you that they were like, hey, let's give him a shout out as an announcer. Those are all breaks that he was given. Nobody had to give them to to him. He was, and I, I would, I would just appreciate. It. And again, I'm not saying he didn't work hard. I'm sure he did. And again, I'm very glad that Corey Graves is not poor and that he's able to give a, give his kids and his wife a good life. That's awesome. I'm very happy for him. But I just wish he had a, maybe a little more clear of a worldview and could understand why claiming, you know, work hard and that's. You just got to put in the work. It's like, yeah, and if you live in perhaps the, it's, it can depend on where you live. It can depend on the color of your skin. There's a lot of things that go into people being or not being successes financially. So to boil it down to something so simple and stupid as you just got to work hard, I think is harmful and, and, stupid and a very bad way to look at things so i was happy that i was certainly not alone in in the calling him out or or trying to uh educate him a little bit but uh like i said he wasn't really interested in in hearing any of that or reading any of that and now we know who the guy is so i i don't have any like i'm not pissed off i'm not sitting here you know, angry because Corey Graves tweeted me something kind of mean. Like, it's just, okay, now I know who the guy is. We can all move on. Uh, that is the fifth rule of punk rock, by the way. Yes. Once you find out who someone is, you can then move on. Correct. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that happened. Um, Let's start the uh, the meat of the show here with a list of people who should quit yes. WWE this week. Lots of good, 
uh, reminders of that on WWE television this week. Lots of reminders of people who should quit. Who's, uh, who's on your list this week? So number three, uh, I was watching NXT, and I saw Drew Gulak on that show. Yeah. He's really good. And yeah. Like, nobody watches 205 Live, so nobody ever sees him. Yeah. But he's really good, and he had an excellent, excellent match with Matt Riddle. And they're just like, man, they're just not going to do anything with this guy because, I don't know, he's not, like, demonstrably smaller than, you know, Finn Balor or AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan, but he got brought in as a cruiserweight, and so he has to be a cruiserweight. And that would be my number three. What about yours? Um, I have to give this some thought. <laughs> okay, I can give the I'll, okay. I'll give the rest of my list, All right. and then we'll come back to you. All right. Number two on my list for the first time ever, he won't be number one. Finn Balor, Finn should still quit. Mm. Um, less clear where he should go now, but he should definitely quit. <laughs> um, and then my number one after watching Raw this week is Chad Gable because any if you are booking a wrestling company and you have Chad Gable in your company and you aren't pushing him as at the very least, like an upper mid card mix in the mix with the top guys guy, you shouldn't be allowed to book wrestling no more. That's obviously a completely valid uh, stance, but I will just point out that they've spent the last two months of television telling us that Finn Bauer is too small to be a success in the wrestling business. And Chad Gable is a good three, four inches shorter and 30 pounds lighter than Bauer is. So what chance does he have? Yeah, but like it's fake. You could tell whatever story you want. <laughs> you didn't have to spend two months telling us that Finn's too small. Yeah. That's These are fair. all things they have chosen to do. And then they go, well, we can't do this because we've done that. Well, nobody made you do that. Yeah. I want to go with with Gable as number three, obviously. If you saw that match with the Revival on Raw, like that's... <laughs> Everybody involved in that match was great. Yeah. Bob, Bob Rube was great, too. Um, and number two and number one for me are the Revival. They should still quit. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah. got, uh, they got the tag titles on Raw this week, but... I was reminded of a story from Bobby Heenan's first book when he talked about how he developed such great respect for Hulk Hogan as a businessman early in his career when at one point Vern offered Hogan the AWA title in exchange for, I don't know, it was like a cut of his merchandise or you know making him sign a long-term contract or something along those lines Yeah, in like 1982, and Hogan passed on it. And he didn't said at that point, I knew that he was going to go far because he wasn't a mark for himself. And he understood that the point in the wrestling business is to make money. And he turned Vern down. So the revival, they famously a few weeks ago asked for the release in full gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's conduct an impromptu business meeting here. Here, shirtless in our speedos. You know, once you lose the Lucha House Party for the fourteenth time, I think you're <laughs> you, you stop thinking about what gear you're in. Yeah, they actually beat him that week, which was oh, okay. they, they were just so pissed <laughs> they had to work with the Lucha House Party again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so 
I hope they're not marks for themselves, and if they would st- are still looking to quit, um, they should still quit. Good call. Okay, what else do we have to get into this week? Well, but let's kind of tie up non-WWE loose ends before we get into WWE and previewing Elimination Chamber and all that stuff. Uh, Big Dave Batista took a photo with Chris Jericho <laughs> this week. Those guys are Tampa buddies. Because he's smart. Yeah. So Dave wants to come back to wrestling for one more run. Uh, and Chris Jericho works for the startup called All Elite Wrestling. And Big Dave probably is getting a whole lot of love from WWE because I contend that Triple H does not want to work with Dave. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so Dave is trying to strike up a bidding war. Interesting tactic and one I could say I didn't see coming. Definitely not. Well, just because he's always been so public about he wanted to have one last run in WWE. And at one point, I think he talked about just wanting to come back and work house shows and nothing else, which also a smart move. Um, and then, yeah, he's but he's always said that he wants his last match or he wanted one last big match with Triple H at a WrestleMania. So we kind of know what his goal is. But again, much with a lot of people whose contracts are expiring, like Randy Orton or AJ Styles, even if they don't plan on leaving under any circumstances or going to AEW in Dave's case, it'd be pretty smart to make WWE think you are. Yeah, absolutely. So Big Dave is uh, doing Big Dave stuff out there. Smart guy. When it's all over, I hope he and I can get an apartment together. Whoa. Big Dave is wearing a V-neck and Jericho is wearing a hoodie with no shirt. Uh, (laughs) In that very specific types of uh, Tampa guys. (laughs) Jeez. You know, who do you who do you think Jericho went home with after the photo was taken? Hmm. I mean, Big Dave isn't known as a particularly faithful man himself. Well, he's happily married now. He's put that all behind him. I'm sure. I'm sure. Great he's guy. Good, he's a good family man. Good family man. Um, I don't know. Maybe like Brian Nobbs' wife or somebody. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, New Gallo Japan. still married? <laughs> I don't know. I can't figure that out. Also whispers that maybe things aren't so hunky-dory in Corey's <laughs> marriage either. Mm. But uh, anyway. And he's not wearing a wedding ring on TV anymore. Just... Ah. Um, okay. New Japan uh, wrapped up their new beginning tour this week. Jay White won the won the IWGP title. So in April, I'll be seeing Jay White defending the IWGP title against the winner of the New Japan Cup at Madison Square Garden, provided that they can get everyone visas and the government <laughs> the government stays open. Otherwise, you're watching, uh, what did we say last week, Juice Robinson versus Matt Taven? That is correct, yes. That's the backup name. <laughs> Good Lord, Matt Taven. Ugh. By the way, Matt Taven is the main event of the ROH 17th anniversary show. So get excited for that, Ring of Honor fans. So everything's going great over there. Yeah, everything's great. It's like, why are you signing all of these guys and all these like big Mexicans? Uh, you know, uh, Latino stars, and they're still <laughs> pushing Matt Taven. <laughs> it's... Why isn't Rush wrestling? 
yeah, for good, the ROH title. Good question. Uh, like Tate, I you know I saw some Taven recently, and I didn't think he was he was no good no more. But uh-huh. to me, the really puzzling thing is that they're still puzzle, still pushing the two geeks in the stable with him. <laughs> yeah. Like they probably feel bad because the one guy exploded his knee that one time. Yeah, TKO Ryan. I, yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't, <laughs> it's gun to my head. Couldn't tell you the other guy's name, but I don't know the one guy is TKO Ryan. Yeah, because it's that's a name, all right. Uh, what do you think about Jay White winning the title? They went all the way, did the damn thing with him. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it tells you that they they don't think Kenny Omega is coming back anytime soon, or they're going to be able to work with him anytime soon. Um, and look, I mean, you had him at Wrestle Kingdom at your biggest show of the year. He beat your top guy of the last, you know, half decade, clean as a sheet. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're going to do all that and actually we can get into this when we start previewing Elimination Chamber, if you're going to do that much with the guy, he should win the belt. Even if you don't keep the belt on him for 10 years, if you build him up that big, he should win the belt, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got no problem with it. They made it a top Ken- guy. Yeah, he beat Kenny last year, he beat Tanahashi last year. Now he's beat you know, he beat Okada and now he you know did the title match and he won it from Tanahashi. It's like, yeah, makes sense to me. They didn't they didn't get cold feet halfway through and have him start trading wins with Dean Ambrose. Correct. By the way, I know you're a big EC three guy, he's a personal friend of yours. Good but, good good friend. But friend of the pod. He's going to end up like Kazarni <laughs> in terms of his place in WWE. I mean, I think he's history. also already made more TV appearances than Kazarni, but I take your meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Like he might not win another match ever again. <laughs> like, I can't figure out why. Like they put him on TV, and it's like everybody who's ever watched him that saw anything in him said, what? He's a good talker, not a particularly good wrestler. Yes, and so their brilliant idea to, I guess, get him over is to not let him talk ever, mm. and to wrestle Dean Ambrose, <laughs> who's who's leaving, right? Who gives even fewer Fs than usual? Yeah. All One right. final Japan note before we move on: Kota Ibushi announced officially that he's there and that he signed, yeah, uh, officially with them. So that's big deal. I, I was. Moved and and somewhat amused by watching grown uh, women weep when he announced he was staying. Yeah, there's real emotion over there. In, yeah, they, uh... it's like they invest in their <laughs> in their and they're rewarded for investing in these people. Indeed. Uh, so that's happening. Sorry, pulling up Illumination Chamber stuff here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So new top guy, new champion. Abushi staying, Omega signed with AEW. Big shock. <laughs> Gotten a pull apart brawl with Bob from the 1999 Batman movie. <laughs> I would just like to point out that for about 24 to 48 hours, Chris Jericho was in a state where, in some counties, prostitution is legal mm. and they're brothels. But he has to. But he wants to add. He wants to make sure he gets a prostitute who's also married. You know <laughs> what? <laughs> he has certain standards. <laughs> he only bangs other men's wives. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. All right. 
let's get into breaking down Illumination Chamber here. It feels weird not to have a takeover to break down before that, but that's fine. <laughs> and yeah, I don't need four more hours of wrestling this, or two and a <laughs> half more hours of wrestling this weekend. Uh, we'll get into Raw and SmackDown stuff, I guess, as we talk about. Uh, as we talk about the elimination chamber, I'm just giggling as I look at this card. <laughs> it's it's really not strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Braun Strowman's wrestling Baron Corbin. What? Oh, it's not even a tag. No, it's a singles. Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin. I guess they could add Kurt or something and get Corbin a partner and <laughs> make it. A- it would be true. It would be what they did on TV like two weeks ago. I assume. Yeah. As of as of uh, whoa, as of this recording, it is Strowman and Corbin in a singles match, not even a step. <laughs> They're gonna grapple. Yeah. Uh, so that sounds terrible. Uh, by the way, Braun and Corbin were involved in like a forty-one minute segment on Raw. And I I couldn't believe what I was seeing. They restarted the match. They kept working. You started the match twice because at first it was Finn and Finn and uh, Drew in a singles. Right, Drew, by the way, went from being a guy who looked like he was going to be in the main event of WrestleMania to uh, now he's just trading wins in the mid card. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a few examples of people getting that type of push in the past. Cesaro comes to mind, um, where they just they seem like they're really going to go all the way with a guy, and then they just kind of stop yeah this is more abrupt than most of the start stops though like usually there's usually a deliberate phasing down at some point sure drew lost that match to finn at whatever the december show was and then like since then i i don't i don't even remember a thing he's done on television it's it's downright bizarre uh Bob Lashley and Leo Rush versus Finn Bauer in a handicap match for the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, why would you put Leo Rush in the match if you weren't just going to pin him? But also, if in in storyline, how did this match get made? Like they didn't even bother with explaining how this match got made. Like, well, if the Authority are all baby faces now, and I mean from week to week that changes, but yeah, why are they booking two on one handicap matches for championships? Doesn't make any sense. Or like, it really doesn't. Just give me a reason. You know what I mean? Right. Say Finn demanded it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's still dumb, but it's like, okay, he's such a valiant baby face that he wants to fight both guys at once. Sure. No problem at all. Uh, Buddy Murphy defending against Akira Tozawa, defending his Cruiserweight Championship against Akira Tozawa, who was shooting on him on 205 Live this week. Yeah, we got a Neville reference. Yikes. That's how you know it's a shoot. I don't know. Buddy Murphy's been champion since the late 70s, I think. Yeah. Uh, so they could do whatever they want. I don't care. I mean, they were doing a thing where he's calling himself like the greatest cruiserweight in history, which mm. makes me nervous that they're going to waste Rey Mysterio WrestleMania on him, Oof. which would make me very sad. But... I, I don't know. He's not bad. He's no. a he's a charisma vacuum, but he's True. not bad. No, as a worker, he's fine. I mean, what what, what I said about Gulak, it's it's almost irrelevant how good or not good you are on that show. 
because just nobody watches it. Yeah. Um, Ronda Rousey and Ruby Riot, RR versus RR for the R Raw Women's Championship. Mm. Uh, Ruby is good. Ronda can do some really impressive stuff and really only has good matches. Uh, so I expected this will be good. Yeah. Um, if I was Ruby, I'd be a little upset because, as we mentioned, that Finn Balor uh, Baron Corbin tag match went 41 minutes, and she didn't get to. And so she had to do her promo on Twitter about how <laughs> she's being overlooked, and people are already <laughs> talking about Ronda versus Charlotte or Ronda versus Becky. And hey, I'm actually going to come in and I'm going to take Ronda's belt. And it's like, oh, she had to tweet that because we didn't have time on the three hour Raw for her to cut a 15 second promo and say that. Well, we had we had 61 Becky Lynch segments on that show. And like the man is great, but there's a reason that in the Attitude Era, Steve Austin wanted to be in two segments per show tops <laughs> and he didn't want to be on SmackDown. <laughs> yep. There is too much of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so poor Ruby should have gotten some time. Anyway, the match should be good. So obviously, I don't think Ruby Riot's going to WrestleMania as the uh, Raw Women's Champion. So that's... it would be a surprise, <laughs> I have to say. Uh, yeah, they gave her and Nikki Cross. I don't know. It was probably only like four minutes, but it felt like twenty-two minutes. Also on that show, couldn't they've given her some promo time out of that? Yeah, or, you know, when they cut backstage to do a Ronda-Becky segment during Ruby's <laughs> match. Seriously, if I was Ruby, I'd be pretty pissed off. <laughs> like, why are you putting me in this match if you just... Like, clearly you don't want to do the match. Yeah. Uh, the Miz and Shane McMahon are wrestling the Usos in somebody's definitely getting concussed in this match mm. uh, for the SmackDown tag titles. The Usos have not re-signed apparently and they're playing the uh the the potential free agent card interesting yeah i mean it's i think it's a really interesting time for uh for for them um it's also interesting just how things have changed because when guys i feel like when guys even hinted that they might be leaving they used to get phased down and they would just start losing left and right and now guys who threatened to leave are winning titles. So it's yeah. definitely things have changed. That's I guess that's what happens when there's even, you know, a whiff of 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 competition or another place to go in the air. Um I don't I don't think I don't think they're going anywhere. Like I don't just, either for the record. But again, yeah. they'd be pretty smart to make WWE think they were. Sure. Um I really liked the promo segment that Miz and she, because I'm a fair and balanced TMCR person. Whoa. I liked, um, I liked the Shane and Miz and Usos promo segment. I thought Shane was funny. I thought Miz was good, and I thought the Usos were great. <laughs> Shane's reaction to Miz saying that his favorite food was quiche was pretty good. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Them, uh, Miz and Shane looking each other in the eyes and shouting "Holy Toledo" was <laughs> tremendous. And yet, you left. The, it was a serious segment, though. Still, like they managed to do some comedy in there, but it was actually a serious segment. Yeah, no, and that was actually yeah. They did. They did their ha has, 
and then they got serious. <laughs> and then they got an Uso. Yeah, they let Miz and, and Shane be wacky and entertaining and get the cheap pops. And then the Uso said, we're going to kill you on Sunday. And then they kicked them really hard in the face. I was like, all right, great segment. Yeah, they kicked, they kicked Shane right in the head. Yeah. <laughs> lay it in, kid, I'm sure. I'm sure he's backstage telling everybody to lay it in. <laughs> by, by the way, there's on the uh, the WWE 24 or whatever covering this past WrestleMania, there's a scene where Shane's talking to Vince. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> They're like the walk th- at the walkthrough the day before, and everybody's rehearsing their entrances and stuff. And Shane's talking to Vince. Vince is on a headset standing on the ramp. As Vince is like, Shane's like, uh, you're going to get everything I got tomorrow, Pops. And Vince, in the most disinterested way possible, says, mm, you, you always do. <laughs> <laughs> Shane's like, I'll give you give you everything I got. Vince, mm, you always do. And that, and that, and that was it. <laughs> like, didn't even make eye contact with him. He just... Totally nonplussed by his son. It's well, great. that's why that's why Shane's so invested in making sure the Miz and his dad get all, uh, you know, <laughs> have a good relationship because Shane knows he'll never get that with his dad. Yeah, that's great. Uh, all right, they're crowning women's tag champs on this show. Nia and Tamina, <laughs> <laughs> who had just. A hilariously bad promo segment on Raw, and then an even more hilariously bad promo segment on SmackDown, where Tamina tried to talk and Nia cut her off four times, and they didn't even make an effort to edit it or, uh, they they just they let it air that way. It was, right. it was like just... the director didn't say, "Hey Nia, let Tamina say a few words so I can edit something together where both of you talk." Right, unless. I don't think they're bright enough or like, I don't want to give them the credit that, Oh, well they're planting a seed there <laughs> because oh, no, they're not. No, <laughs> like they wouldn't put that much thought into, into that. Anyway, they're in this match. Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan are in this match. I would like to argue uh, with the point that I heard Dave Meltzer make on wrestling observer radio this week. He referred to Liv Morgan as passable, which I think is very generous. And he referred to Sarah Logan as uh, someone with no charisma, but a good wrestler. And I would like to argue, I think Sarah Logan is someone with no charisma and a bad wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) They're in the match. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are in the match. They did the the, uh, triple threat tag between... uh, on SmackDown between the women's competitors and mm-hmm. the I- Iconics never, t- or, you know, tagged in for one spot and they tagged out immediately. And why didn't every team just do that? And they refused to compete. I don't know, but I think, so there was uh, Mandy, Sonia, uh, Peyton and Billy and Naomi and Carmella in the ring. And I think Sonya Deville was the best worker in the ring. I mean, who else would it have been? Mandy, I guess. Naomi? I mean, I've seen Naomi have passable matches. <laughs> it's It just was very striking to me. I'm like, I think Sonya Deville's the best worker in the ring right now. <laughs> I mean, this is a sidebar, but um, Asuka just hasn't been on the show since tapping out <laughs> the biggest star in the company yeah. at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. 
And uh, my thought was, you know, before Asuka uh, won the title, they had kind of been pairing her and Naomi up on TV. Mm -hmm. It's like, why don't you just have Asuka be Naomi's partner since you're not having a wrestle anybody on the show because there's nobody else to wrestle because uh, there's only five women on the or six women on the roster that she could wrestle and they're all in the chamber match um why don't you just have asuka because then you'd like hey there'd be one good worker in the match or you know besides sasha and bailey well they're they're like well we don't want to put her in the match and beat her because they obviously don't plan for those two to win the tag titles but is it is it better to not be on tv or to be on tv and losing or have her partner get pinned then? Because I assume it's not single elimination. God, I hope not. Yeah. Anyway, so those guys are in the match. The Iconics are in the match. Billy and Sasha are in the match. And Naomi and Carmella are in the match. Well, Sasha evidently is still not like fully cleared for physicality. Yeah, it's really weird. So like they did a bit obviously last week where she got like attacked on the stage and kind of she kind of took like one awkward bump and then she was taken out and Bailey had to wrestle by herself and then this week they did a bit where uh, Ruby like very very gingerly shoved her into the barricade and then uh, Sarah Logan hit a running knee where you know and good for her didn't come within you know a mile of actually hitting Sasha with it right. And then they, you know, had her slowly walk to the back. So that's concerning, wouldn't you say? Yeah. They released a thing on WWE.com today saying that she re-aggravated a shoulder injury. Now, the fact that they're mentioning it, I don't believe that she re-aggravated it. I believe that she has a shoulder injury, and they're just trying to provide storyline cover now that they're, you know, X number of days away from the show, and they're not sure that she's going to be able to go. Right. Um I, mean, I guess you can throw like Natty in there or somebody if you if yeah, you don't if, think she's better, but yeah, yeah. that sucks. Like I that, think that would I, be a shame. Yeah, those two like the only bone that they could really throw them is this, <laughs> is these tag team titles. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, that's depressing. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> hopefully she's better, but if not, I mean. They can always just have somebody else win them, and then, assuming she's healthy, she and Bailey can win them at Mania. Yeah, that's true. Also, there's another show in March that I keep forgetting is happening. Yeah, they should probably not do that show, but yeah, you're right. Um, Let's see here. I guess Raw... <laughs> Raw was the Becky Lynch show. She was in every segment. Uh, she opened the show. Hunter and Steph made her apologize. Which I thought was just, you know, can you imagine them, you know, the crowd booed her when she apologized. Can you imagine that Steve Austin doing that? Well, I thought the way you do it is to say, like, I'm sorry, you're such a jackass. That's what Steve Austin would have done. Or he would have said, I'm sorry. And then as soon as they say, okay, you've got your match, he goes, oh, and I'm also sorry for this. And then he would flip them off and stun both of them. Right. Like, right. there's a way you can do, like, the insincere apology. And then the rebel baby face still leaves with his head held high. But right. the way they did it was not that way. No, that was extremely frustrating. I didn't hate the way that Vince just came out at the end of the show, stuttered through his promo, and put mm -hmm. tr tried to use this old Vince McMahon promo voice, 
which just doesn't exist anymore, nope. and, and put Charlotte in the match. I thought that was okay. Yeah, and like I think in a vacuum, like this Charlotte thing is good. Like it kind of makes sense. It's like a full circle thing because, of course, the whole Becky big turn happened because she had had a title match that Charlotte sort of weaseled her way into at the last minute. And then Becky finally snapped. So it's like a full circle thing. And, you know, you can argue, oh, now she has, you know, she's going to get to be, Becky's going to get to be two women at WrestleMania. Like, yeah, that's all true. But, like, two things. One, they're not putting Charlotte in that match because they think it'll be a better story for Becky. They're doing it because they love Charlotte and want Charlotte to be in the first ever women's WrestleMania main event. Right? Yeah, um, that is correct. Yes. Okay. It's like, and that's, that's their narrative. Their narrative is going to be, and kind of already is that Charlotte is the greatest female wrestler of all time. <laughs> Can't have the greatest female wrestler of all time, not be in the first ever women's WrestleMania main event. Yeah. And so, again, I'm sure they do think it's a good story, though. And it is a good story, again, in a vacuum. But I have to say that if you compare how I and I think a lot of other people felt when they did that first sort of big standoff promo with Becky and Ronda and they announced it as a singles match and the building was rumbling, people were so excited for it. And then now we're doing we did two weeks of the doctor stuff. And Becky's got to apologize, and then she's got her match, and then she doesn't have her match, and then she has her match, and then she doesn't have her match. And then Vince comes out and adds Charlotte. It's like, maybe you should have just announced, maybe you should have just done the Brett and Luger Royal Rumble finish and announced it as a three-way right away or, or, or something. Or, I don't know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I can't deny I'm less excited, even though I fully acknowledge that it's a pretty good story. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, sure. That's fun. Yeah. And just there's just just too much storytelling. <laughs> like, yeah, they're making movies, pal. We got nine like weeks. Bret Hart had to get in a car accident <laughs> and then have a fake cast. Yeah, <laughs> fake car accident, fake cast. Or was and it his real? Plan was to. <laughs> I don't know how that got him to getting his match with Vince McMahon, but it worked somehow. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Uh, elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Jeffrey Hardy, Randall Orton, Samoan Joseph, and <laughs> Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston? Kofi Kingston, you say? Yeah, he's subbing for the injured Mustafa Ali. And it looked like, based on his booking on SmackDown on Tuesday, they just... Pulled Mustafa out and plugged Kofi in. <laughs> yeah, that's like Kofi was super impressive in yeah. that gauntlet match. He went, you know, an hour or whatever, but like he's a tag guy. He's not a single. He's not going to be in the world title picture. Like that makes sense if it's a young guy you're trying to get over, like Mustafa. It doesn't make sense if it's a, a tag guy you're not going to do anything with, but that's. Yeah, and again, it kind of reminded me of, uh, of when. They had Cesaro pin Randy Orton leading up to a chamber match one year. Yikes. And it seemed like they were going to do something. And, uh, of course, in that case, they were actually planning to do something with Cesaro. 
and he won the battle royal and they gave him Paul Heyman and then they got bored and sort of phased him down. Yeah. Whereas this, as you mentioned, was seemingly they had written out or formatted the show with this match is going to go an hour and we're going to have the scrappy underdog beat three guys before finally succumbing to Styles, who was then going to need an RKO immediately and lose to Orton. Um, and they were like, well, the guy we planned for that spot is now injured, so we put Kofi there. And it's like, again, much like I said with the Jay White stuff, if you're going to do that much with a guy, you should have a plan to do something with the guy, right? Yeah, you would think. Or, cha- or just change the match and don't have him go an hour and a half or, you know, or an hour, whatever. Yeah, so uh, Brian retain a title on Sunday, or what do you think? Yeah, I assume so, just because it, like, I don't think, I mean, I guess Orton or Styles could win it, and that, I still think they're doing Orton and Styles. I guess that could be the title match, but I just assume Brian's holding it for a while, and um, so, I mean, there's, and you can do whatever chicanery you want, because cage steps don't matter, so Rowan can get in the cage, or they can bring Luke Harper back, or whatever they want to do, and and have and and have Brian backdoor his way into keeping the title. They're doing Daniel Wyatt five years later. Yeah, although at least this time he's the leader of the group. What if they bring Bray back too? Oh, <laughs> that is my one fear: is that babyface Bray Wyatt is Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania opponent. Oh, bloody hell! Yeah, I'm I'm concerned greatly about that, but you know, no use no use worrying yourself over that yet. All right. Well, um I'd like to wrap up this week with giving you an opportunity to mock me uh for my WrestleMania plan. <laughs> hey, we have some we have some good news. We're gonna end on a high note here. Sure. So I'm going up uh to uh New York for WrestleMania, doing WrestleCon and a Rev Pro show on Friday. Uh, I'm crossing my fingers for you know Suzuki and Ishii and guys like that to be on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday, uh, ROH New Japan on Saturday night, Mania on Sunday, and Saturday morning, uh, uh, meeting and greeting uh, the man Becky Lynch. Hey, how about that? Have you picked out a blazer to wear yet? How dare you? Uh, I'm eyeing a nice vegan leather jacket, actually. Mm, okay. All right. And I'm not going to say how much, but you <laughs> did tell me how much you paid. And yeah, you are. Uh, hey, <laughs> you're going to meet the biggest star in the company the day before she made events WrestleMania. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. No, uh, no, no, uh, not nothing too harsh. I'll, I'll make some vague allusions to how you overspent, but I won't. I won't come down too hard on you for this. It's, All it's right. a cool experience, and and I, I paid a lot of money to meet the stars of Smallville last year. <laughs> so, you know, we all we if hey, if it's an experience that you're gonna remember and you get a decent picture out of it, hey, yeah. it's worth it. Right, and I would liken it to, uh, like, my wife and I spent an exorbitant amount of money on Paul McCartney concert tickets a couple years ago. Okay. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's an obscene amount of money, but like, it's a beetle. Like, right. 
what's the you what's it, what price tag are you gonna put on on that on on that experience? Sorry, what price you... tag could I possibly put on the experience of meeting the biggest star in wrestling the day before she made events WrestleMania? Yeah, that's that's fair. Becky Lynch is the same as the Beatles. That makes sense to me. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, anything else? No, I think we've we've covered a lot of crown in this uh, this here free flowing discussion this week, <laughs> and we brought back our our list of who should quit. We uh, big exciting things in New Japan happening. Hopefully, they everybody gets their visas, and you don't have to watch you know Juice Robinson and. Beer City Bruiser. They don't, yeah, I was like, they don't even have Trent and Chucky anymore. They, they those guys signed with AEW. Yeah, sure did. They don't even have Trent Beretta. <sighs> it's true. Uh, okay, now I'm gonna go get me a burger and fries. All right, <laughs> that's right. We're we're just a couple of regular guys on the show, and uh, hey, there's some there's some bad and some weird and some confusing stuff in wrestling this week, but hey, you know, you're gonna go get to meet Becky Lynch. And I got a feeling of moral superiority over Corey Graves. So you could say we both won this week. <laughs> and until next time, I meet him. I'm Liam. And we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. You know, I, I really love cars, but I don't understand anything about them. Like, it's so great, and it's so cool, and you have your show about cars. What do you like about cars? You see, you know, I'm just like, you know, you get in, you know, I'm really kind of uh, just a, a guy, you know. You just get in, and you turn, and you turn, you crank, turn the crank, crank the engine, you turn the key. You see, you see Dave, Dave is more of a roast <laughs> beef for the Ritz kind of guy. Well, I'm, just, I'm just like, you know, give me a burger and fries, and I'm happy. Oh, that's so great. That's so cool. Do you want to play ping pong, Jay? Uh, you know, I don't really know the stars anymore. Uh, it's probably best, you know, when you get somebody younger in there. It's kind of, you know, I don't want to be Uncle Creepy, you know. <laughs> See, that's kind of what Dave became, you know. It's like, you know, 
Jimmy Kimmel, you know, he's all mean based and Dave, Dave just kind of became Uncle Creepy and I wanted to get out before I became Uncle Creepy. So it's probably best, you know, Jimmy, you do a great job. Uh, Jimmy does a great job for the company and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of more of a guy's guy, you know, uh, just give me a burger and fries and I'll be happy. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. That's great. That's so great. Come back. We're going to play Pictionary and then we're going to play Ping Pong. It's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm 50 years old, but I act like I'm 20. <laughs> All right. That's good. Good bits. Good really more of a, really it's more of a Dave like a roast beef for the Ritz kind of guy. And I'm just, you know, just give me a just give me a burger of fries. I'll be fine. <laughs> really a guy's guy, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, guys, come with Tim Allen. <laughs> I'm a guy's guy with five hundred million in the bank, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. That's a terrible thing to say. That's a terrible world. God damn it. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Alright, but I really, really am going to get a burger and fries, I think. Alright, all right, that's good. Yeah, come back, work on your cough. Come back and work on a writing about Jericho's podcast. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, see, it's not mean based. See, that's the problem with Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel and Dave—they're very mean based. You know, Dave. Dave is more of a roast beef at the Ritz kind of guy. <laughs> Just give me a burger and fries, and I'll be fine. <laughs> is that an actual quote that he said? <laughs> Something like that. Okay. Something about how he doesn't like fancy food, and mm. he's just more of a you know. I'm a guy. I eat like a I, guy. I was like, he's like, yeah, I don't introduce myself as a celebrity. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stand-up. I'm a comic. <laughs> right. Problem is, nobody outside of corporate gigs has seen you be a comic for 35 years. Because yeah, he's still doing like Larry Craig jokes. <laughs> it is, in some ways, I think, a good thing that this happened. Shut up! <laughs> God said in a land. I try to keep on keeping on.